like Joe told me if I want to do a freestyle pod just out the gate with no preparation, I was like, bet this is what I do. Like, this is I mean, yeah, my- I was gonna <laughs> say if there, if there's anyone to do it, that would be you. You're listening to The Pocket Watch, a weekly football show produced by The Rec. The Pocket Watch is hosted by Joe Malord. Dak Prescott is a biracial Mark Sanchez. Let's talk about it. Greg Giles. Their defense is terrible, bro. Dom Lazaro. Yo, what if they traded for Le'Veon Bell? And Steve Castillo. There's nothing happening to the ratings. In fact, the ratings are going up. Now let's get to today's show. We start off right now. Goat Bowl. That's what they're calling it. Rodgers versus Brady. Right off the gate, I had to hear Colin, you know, shoot his shade at Aaron Rodgers. Last night, I was going to see the great Aaron Rodgers and uh, the the system quarterback, Tom Brady. And I want to talk about that system in New England. It's fascinating. Tom Brady, my friends, is the system. So, uh, Greg, um, I know you probably heard about it, but what's your take? Yeah, I mean, the Patriots have a system that works, and pretty much Bill has it set up to where all he got to do is, you know, like they say, next man up. That's that's a true monster every NFL team should have, but he literally, like, emphasizes it and actually tries and puts uh, different plays in different positions. So they lost Sonny Michelle. He puts Cordell Patterson at running back. Which is, and, like, amazing, but Jack Del Rio <laughs> shouted out, like, hey, I did that a couple times, too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, look, if it works, it works. And and Bill just finds ways to out-game plan the other coach. So, I mean, of course it helps having Tom Brady, and he probably is the GOAT, you know, regardless of what people want to say. Like I said, we, I think we said on either the last pod or the pod before that I think Aaron Rodgers— Yeah, I, th- I think Aaron Rodgers is more talented, but Tom Brady is just more consistent, more— you know, present as the GOAT. That's just, it is what it is. Like, every time somebody doubts Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, they bounce back and prove otherwise. So, I mean, look, we already know what the Patriots are about. And, you know, I just think that this year, more than ever, they're beatable. Yeah, you can say they're beatable because of injuries. But, Dom, I I was just going to tell you, like, as I was sipping on Jim watching that game, I was giving takes to Joe and saying, I'll give it to you, man. I'll give it to you. Aaron Rodgers is the best passer of the football. <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, said, not quarterback, not quarterback. When it comes <laughs> to talented passer, having the ability, the athleticism, and the skill to make certain throws, that Rodgers got it. And I, I heard the pod last week. I heard it today, actually. And I was like, wow, no one had the balls to say Brady. Or, they just went, you know, Rodgers. But you're a Rodgers guy, and I came for him a couple of weeks ago. What you got for me, Dom? I mean, look, like Greg said, Aaron Rodgers talent-wise, I think is probably, um, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying maybe miles ahead of Tom Brady, but like, you know, athleticism and everything, he definitely has the edge over Brady. I think Brady, you know, Brady and Aaron Rodgers are equally smart as well. Um, the thing with the Patriots you know, we've said it a lot, but the thing with the Patriots is that, you know, Brady and Belichick have been consistent for the last 17 years or 17 seasons. So, you know, I, I don't know if you can call it, if you can call Tom Brady uh, a, a system quarterback, if he is the system, you know what I'm saying? So in that sense, you know, in terms of the game on Sunday night, um, it was a close game until the fourth. It was, it was a really close game until the fourth and the Packer, I think was it was tied going into the fourth, I believe. Yeah, it was tied going 
going into the fourth. Um, look, Aaron Rodgers makes hell of throws every single week. Um, that's nothing surprising. Well, I was surprised that he was held under 300 yards. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but I think the biggest thing with the Packers in general was that I feel like a lot of people have always said, like, you know, um, I guess prior to this general manager that just came in, uh, you know, he wasn't really surrounded with, you know, big free agents or anything like that. Like, all their receivers were basically homegrown and everything. And Aaron Rodgers ended up turning into one of the best quarterbacks ever. So, I don't know. I hope we get to see them again, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and one one last note on it. A lot of people might say that uh, I don't know if anybody would ever say that Tom Brady is a, a system quarterback. Like, I don't think you should probably go that far. But I will point out that the Patriots have won without Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, that's true. one for the system. I mean, that's a pretty good one. And Brady did say over the summer in some interview like if Aaron Rodgers was in his shoes um something regarding that fact that like, he would kill it like so Brady has become more real with his situation but same time my whole thing about Brady and like what cements his legacy to me and it's like not like something like I've been on a Brady train forever just trying to hike on like you know the Aaron Rodgers it's you have to look at the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl like the audacity to be down that much in that game and still have the quote-unquote heart of the champion and to use all the James White Stan Mandolas to you know, come back in that game. That's something. I mean, we, it didn't take no, you know, deflate gate or spy gate, but right there and then that moment, I'll give it, I'll give it to Brady. I was like, okay, he got something special. And I'm not even gonna waste time talking to Joe Montana. You guys got anything on Joe Montana? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't. <laughs> nah, yeah, we, we, we don't got to get into that. And thing. don't bring up Terry Bradshaw. Like, yo. Hey, bro, I don't even like Terry Bradshaw, so that's a whole nother topic as well. And that's <laughs> shocking, actually, coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry Bradshaw is interesting, and he, it's funny as we move on. Comparing, you know, Terry Bradshaw, is, he looks over, always coming for Mike Tomlin. I never really necessarily like or understand it. They're talking about defensive coach. He's always that main guy calling him a cheerleader more than a coach. Or So yeah. that's rough, especially that, if they that, hear. That aids in my dislike of him. Yeah. And it, I mean, him and Troy Aikman, like when they throw the ball, like once every seven plays, like I don't understand, like what era. <laughs> like I want to see ESPN News and see what the quarterbacks are doing compared to what we were seeing with Patrick Mahomes and stuff. But you know, as we talk to the Steelers, you know they finally got one over back. Not finally got, yeah, finally this season got one over the Browns. That was um, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hugh is gone. And my main take is, you know, what what do you feel about the whole Mike Tomlin, you know, we want volunteers and not hostages? Like what what's that all about? Like I know Ryan Rasillo said out there, he said it doesn't make sense to him. But does it make sense to you guys? That's what I wanna know. I mean, we're as a Steeler fan and you know, understanding why he was saying that, everybody that is over the Le'Veon Bell situation. So, I mean, you know, we just won four straight. You know, we just coming off that big win against the Ravens this past Sunday. You know, we just beat the Bengals and the Browns. We pretty much just beat everybody in our division. Beat Ohio. And, and, <laughs> and, and the uh, Atlanta Falcons, who are also playing well. You know, at this point, I'm just sure that Mike Tomlin is like, look, we got James Conner. He's playing well. That's the only person we can worry about. So for reporters and all these other people to ask him questions about a situation that he literally has no control over, probably doesn't have any answers for, 
I'm I'm guessing that was his way of answering a question without being like mean or just, you know, coming off frustrated. Because at the end of the day, you know, even David DeCastro, you know, had this quote that had been circulating in the media where he was like, you know, I just don't care anymore. Like what what else are we talking about? Because Le'Veon is still not there, even though he's in Pittsburgh right now. He still hasn't reported to the team. We don't know if he will after this new CBA news came out today. So, what, regarding I mean, what is that CBA news? Um, um, I believe I didn't even read it specifically, but I believe it basically just said that uh, he can use some kind of, uh, you know, I guess some kind of bypass or like a loophole where he doesn't have to report to the team. And he still gets all that money? Yeah. Well, he doesn't get the money, but he can still be a free agent next year mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, having to go through being tagged again from us. So Hey, you know things are weird when Le'Veon starts tweeting upside down and then you got to yeah. flip your phone and read it upside down. Because I and was it, doing that right before we got on. I'm like, what the hell is and, going and on? Even then, I don't even know specifically what he's talking about. Like, I have no idea. Everything yeah, is so Miami thing? Farewell Miami? What is- That's what I'm saying. Everything is so cryptic. Everything is so, you know, it's just, it's just to a point where it, it literally doesn't matter to the team at this point. There's nothing else the team can do. Like, if they really spent all that time focusing on Le'Veon, then nobody would be able to appreciate what James Conner is doing right now. Second second in the league in rushing and touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, even myself, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm very surprised at what the Steelers have been able to do without Le'Veon and how capable James Conner has been, you know, in, in Le'Veon's absence. I thought—I feel like we all thought at one point, with like, you know, the Steelers' offense just wasn't clicking, you know, very early in the season. We were like— damn, like, it'd be nice to have Le'Veon Bell on the Steelers. And then, you know, now the Steelers are sitting pretty at 5-2-1. and one, And James Conner has been, you know, just as good and maybe even better than Le'Veon, you know, ha- has maybe ever been as a Steelers. So, um, mm. I mean, I don't know if I go that far, but, you know, yeah. it's basically, you know, James Conner's doing the damn thing. And, and I agree with what Greg said. Like, you know, the Steelers players are also tired of hearing about Le'Veon like we're about to be in week 10 of the NFL season you know and and James Con- if James Conner was underperforming and the Steelers were under 500 then yeah I get it bring up Le'Veon every single yeah. week but they're not so you know I thought it was the right amount of passive directness <laughs> by Mike Tomlin I actually love the quote I thought it was pretty good and you know if the James Conner story is pretty interesting because he's from Pittsburgh and he's running a more direct style so he's not really a pass catcher um Greg just quick on his offense how is it changing with Connor's running style well you don't have Le'Veon's ability as a scat back is it different like is there any more slot receivers coming out any more receivers into the fold um how is this offense looking it's weird it's 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 a little bit different and it's not as dynamic I think as what it was last year with recently fired um Todd Haley (laughs) well as of right now um, obviously, James Conner, his running style is different. You know, he hits the hole pretty quickly as far as, you know, Le'Veon kind of does his whole patience thing, sit backs and waits and finds the right hole to choose and then goes. But um, the offensive line, I've been saying this on the pods, the offensive line is what makes this whole thing go, regardless of who the running back is. When yep. it was D'Angelo Williams, they played well. When it was Le'Veon, they played well. Now it's James Conner, they still playing well. Everybody's being productive because the offensive line is that good. So 
Uh, you know, James Conner is really just showcasing his ability and with the offensive line playing as well and with Ben and uh, Randy, the OC, you know, trying to figure out ways to utilize everybody on the team is starting to come together. Uh, I know James Conner is not Le'Veon as far as lining up as a receiver out of the slot. But right now, we're still actually looking for our third receiver. Sometimes we put James Washington in. Sometimes we put Justin Hunter in. They're just trying to do different things until we kind of figure that out. But in the meantime, we're still averaging more points than we were last year per game. And nice. we're still putting up the numbers that, you know, I can't pretty. be mad yeah, yeah. I mean, the last four games, and then on top of that, the defense is coming around. Last four that games, we got like the number one preaching all season. defense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's they don't have we don't have like the names, the the flashy names, but you know, all we had to do was really fix giving up big plays, and we've done that the last big dome brand, four right? games. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. All right, we waited long enough, so <laughs> I'm out here watching Red Zone, you know, and I'm trying to see my Chargers win, you know, and I'm enjoying the Red Zone. And I think the other game is um, Deshaun Watson trying to throw a pass to Demarius Thomas. He was hot in the beginning. It was good. And then I saw the the Saints were, like, blowing out the Rams. I'm thinking, okay, they got this. They got this. And then, you know, the Rams started coming back. I see it on Red Zone, and I'm okay. And then, you know, I haven't seen the – the Rams game for a while, Rams and um, Saints. So I go on my phone and I see a tweet from a special certain somebody saying, rerun the NFC, baby. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, uh. what the hell? Did the Rams come back? Is that game done? Like, is it really done? And then I, I'm watching the Saints coming back. Drew Brees throws out a Trent Dilfer dime. If I haven't seen one to Michael Thomas, does the Joe Horn celebration. I run back to Twitter and my man was not <laughs> tweeted ever since. <laughs> I was I was I was I was deceased after that happened. <laughs> Look, you know, I've been wanting to talk about this game obviously since since Sunday. Um I had so I had mentioned last week, you know, the Rams were an underdog, believe it or not, as the undefeated team coming into the week. They were they were listed as the underdog, which I understood because the Saints were at home. Um, you know, and they give that that hook to to the Saints. So I get it. Um, look, I'm not gonna lie. The first half was brutal. The first half, the Saints were up 35-17, and I'm like, the thing with watching Sean McVay and Wade Phillips for the last season and a half is the Rams make they're they're one of the the teams that make really good adjustments going into the second half. So they let up 35 points in the first half. And then only allow 10 in the whole entire second half. So, you know, as far as adjustments go and everything like that, that's obviously like an A-plus for the Rams coaching staff. The Look, at the end of the day, the Saints were able to stop Todd Gurley on the ground. And Todd Gurley only had 13 carries. So I think that's really what, you know, uh, put the Saints over the top in that sense. And obviously, Marcus Peters getting burned by Michael Thomas on that, on that last touchdown throw from Drew Brees. But... You know, I, I know th- I knew this coming in. Marcus Peters hasn't played well. Yeah, you know, basically that. ever since. Well, basically ever since Akeem Talib got that ankle injury. You know, Peters mm-hmm. has been kind of forced to become a number one corner, which he's not. <laughs> um, he, he's a he's a solid number two guy. He he can stick with the number two guy, and you know, he's more of a playmaking corner. He can read the quarterback. Um, he he can't really stay. You know, 
man to man with the receiver, but he's very good at reading the quarterback and able to jump routes. Um, you know, by him being thrust into this number one corner position, uh, it's just not working out right now. And and he he knows it too. He knows he's been pretty bad the last couple of weeks, and he came out and said it himself. So I think once once the Rams can get a keep to lead back and get healthy uh, with their corners, I think you'll see a lot better um, performance from Peters. But it was a hell of a game. That was his I mean, Rams, it was the most though, entertaining right? game. Like when that, when that pass was done, because he was like pointing out to dudes. As before the pass, pre-snap, and we're like, "What's going on?" Oh yeah, well he was. I think he was trying to communicate to to get to get the coverage right. But even even though he got a late jump, he still stuck with him. And then Michael Thomas hit hit him with a you know like a jab step, and then dipped. And I was like, "Oh, it's a wrap." As soon as I saw Drew Brees float that, I'm like, "That's definitely going to Michael Thomas." And he was wide open. The Joe Horn celebration though, that that was tough. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, that was tough. And ironically, they sent Michael Thomas. Um, his agent had dropped him, and he goes out and does this. So those Motorola deal, deals will be coming left and right, and <laughs> yeah. he, it was a coming out party for him. He made himself as a big name receiver, and definitely an entertaining moment. And you know, usual, they had to call some type of you know flag. Sean Payton was aware of it, and you know he was yeah. mad. Yeah. I think he said he got the cell phones at the bodega. Everything all right over there, Greg? <laughs> That wasn't Oman's. Oh, that wasn't mine? That was you, Dom? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I, got, I, thought, I thought it was Greg. See what had happened. What, just because he lived in Newark, that's fucked up. <laughs> See, what had happened was my house is by a fire station. So, yeah. We can ignore that. Well, I live next nah, to a I fire didn't station, even know. too. <laughs> Did you? Wait, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but is that even active? <laughs> no, it's an art. Isn't it like an art museum? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even That's know. Prospect Street for you. So, is this Drew Brees's year? Like, I know Grant, I know Dom. You just got Dante Fowler and everything. I'm not gonna throw shade at you, but like, is Drew Brees do another one in terms to like cement his legacy? You know, last year I really thought he could have done it last year. That defense looked better last year. Alvin Kamara's, you know, he was kind of outshining um, Todd Gurley more in that game, so that looked good. Mark Ingram, eh. And you got Michael Thomas, and then, you know, if the if the Saints can keep that home court advantage, as we say in the NBA, um, it makes them a pretty strong opponent. And going into the Super Bowl, um, Greg, you you as you know, someone is a big fan of the NFL for many years. You know, quarterbacking and recurring storylines is Drew Brees due? I mean, of course. I mean, he's been doing. This every year, you know, at least for the last, the most recent years I can remember, he's been playing solid still. Obviously, he's putting up the numbers. He has the team around him this year. He had the team around him, like you said, last year, maybe even more so with that defense playing how it did last year as opposed to this year. But this year, they had the number one rush defense. Uh, you know, they just signed Dez. So, yeah, you know, he, he, he has weapons and he has the ability to to do it, but it's a lot of great quarterbacks playing well right now. You know, it's him. You got Phillip Rivers. You got Mahomes. Hey. Of course, always Brady. I mean, you know, Ben, you know, as, as quiet as it's, as it's kept, he's putting up some great numbers this year. Cam Newton is putting up good numbers this year. So it's like, it's a lot of great quarterbacks playing well right now. And if as long as the Saints continue to win like they have and they continue to play well, I think ultimately that's going to determine whether or not he gets his due 
you know, on a national level, winning an award like an MVP or something to that level. Tom, you, you are you wary of this threat? Um, you think it's uh, something to watch out for? You kind of look at looking behind you a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I said, the Saints because they were favored even going into the the, the two powerhouses of the NFC. I I would say are the the Rams and the Saints. Um, Not the and Panthers? really, yeah, yeah, I guess the Panthers. You can throw the Panthers yeah. in there too. But they they're a little more inconsistent. I don't know, man. North Turner. I, I just don't know. Plays, yeah, know? but the thing, I the, I don't think the Panthers' offense can keep up with the Saints or the Rams. That's the thing. Like I know that they put up points, but I don't. I feel like the Rams and the Saints have a lot more playmakers on offense than the Panthers do when it comes down to it. The Panthers' defense is solid, um, but. I don't know. I mean, I, to me, it's the Rams and the Saints, and I think, I think the Saints are, you know, a legit threat. I think they they've been a legit threat since even last year. I think they were a legit threat. Obviously, the Eagles, you know, won the Super Bowl, and and you know, obviously, we can't sleep on the Eagles because they did win the Super Bowl. So that that is what it is. But if there was a team that the Rams were going to lose, so I mean, a lot of people were saying that this might be a preview of the NFC Championship game. Yeah, uh, I just, I just hope the Rams have home turf, if you even want to call it home turf. Yeah, I don't you, even know. it's not a home turf. Uh, yeah, not, not yet. It's not. not now you yet. know how it feels, though, right? Like, like. You yeah, should. you got because you got to build the fan base again, and it's a little <laughs> tricky. So if they can get to the NFC Championship game, though, I think you know if it's played in LA, I think the Rams have a way better chance because. At, if you look at the numbers, Drew Brees doesn't play the same on the road as he does at home. Um, so, you know, if the Saints do get that home turf advantage, then they, they could be the very well the favorites to get to the Super Bowl. Um, is Des Bryant going to be a difference maker in terms of it? Or, you know, just something nice to complement the offense? Hell yeah. I think he's going to be, I think it's a great pickup for the Saints because they had no other receiver except Michael Thomas. You can throw Cam Meredith out there, hasn't done really anything. Um, Traquan Smith, you know, the the rookie receiver, he's been okay. Um, but you, now, you know, you have Dez and Michael Thomas. It's two big bodies on the outside. And then you got your slot guys that, like like I just mentioned, could play the slot. Um, you know, I think it's going to take probably a couple of weeks for Dez to get into it and everything. But let's not forget, I know Dez wasn't that good the last, like, year or two in Dallas. But that Dallas offense isn't good overall, so... Um, I, I believe in I'm I'm a believer in Sean Payton and what he can do with guys, and I think Des is gonna have you know a, a nice second half of the season. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, as far as his impact goes, I don't think Des is the same Des that we you know have watched over the years. Obviously, he's older; he hasn't played you know in a while, so I don't think he's like gonna be you know a vertical threat necessarily. I don't think he's gonna be just blowing by you know corners or anything, but he'll still be a big body. Still going to be great, you know, with 50-50 balls. Still going to give Drew Brees a a, a nice uh, target. And the defense is still going to have to respect him, you know, when when it comes down to it. They they won't be able to necessarily, you know, maybe double Michael Thomas like they are if Dez does start to produce at a higher level than maybe we expect. And if teams were having trouble already covering Kamara, Ingram, and Michael Thomas, and even Benjamin Watson occasionally. Like, you're throwing Des Bryant, and, you know, I, I agree, he, he's not the same receiver that he probably was, like, two years ago, but just his body and who, you know, his reputation and stuff is definitely going to keep defenses on their toes. 
I mean, my dad's thing is it links up with Carmelo. He can't get that same separation, but his body, his skill, um, Drew Brees will throw him open. And yeah, that I agree with you guys. It's definitely a nice pickup. I will. I like where I'm going there. Steve's obviously on a buy. I totally forgot to make sure if he was supposed to be on today's episode. I know Eagles had a buy the four and four Eagles, right? Is that right? Or are they five hundred under five hundred? Yeah, no, they're. I'm pretty sure they're four and four. Double yeah. checking, they are. Yeah, four and four. Yeah, I was looking at Golden Tate, and I was thinking, okay, yeah, he's the decent move. All right, win now. I'll see. They could be a threat if they if they, if they uh, scratch into the playoffs. Uh, definitely somebody to earmark. Same thing for the Vikings. They're one of those teams where they can make a run. Everyone, you have to be wary of the whole you know New York Giants snowball effect where you're like one and six and then you're in the playoffs and now you're just like the, the toughest thing ever. So that 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 sucks. I really you know don't want to see that for them. But best thing that happened. Well, in NFL all this week was actually on Monday morning with Stephen A. destroying Michael Irvin. I don't know if you guys saw it. <laughs> I never seen a man more sweaty in my life than Michael Irvin. <laughs> yeah, Michael Michael Irvin went full black pasta boot. He said he, he was said he said off. Dak Prescott had the best rookie season ever. <laughs> For a quarterback, I was like, "Excuse me," I was like, "What?" <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is playing right now, currently surpassing anything Dak Prescott has ever done. Yeah, but Mahomes is like in a red shirt season, but still, like that is hilarious. He was it's just because I read it said, "It's like, man, this is what Coke does to do." And I saw the clip, and then, and then I heard the take, and you know, he did win the MVP, right, guys? He won the MVP. You know, that all line wasn't there. Uh, actually, I, I could have keep up with a troll job if they actually had won on Monday. But Hawaiian Tom, Tarod Taylor, got it done. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. I um, forgot. Wait, yo. Michael Irvin, didn't he play on a team with, like, Emmett Smith and all those boys on that team? Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like, wasn't Troy he a Aikman, little. Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't. I, I'm not. I'm not really old enough to remember Michael Irvin playing. But but there's re- heard... the reason why there's so many Cowboys fans. They're the America's yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No. I know. But I'm saying like I've heard that Michael Irvin is a little overrated. I don't know. Yeah. I, I gotta. I gotta go back yeah, and watch. Yeah. I mean, the tape. that's 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 something you gotta probably go look at the old clips of what, and whatnot. But I don't have to call like Anthony think, Miller. Think, <laughs> he would know. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't say he was overrated. Just it was a lot of good receivers during that time, but he did, he did stand out. I mean, I would say like as much as somebody would say maybe Julio Jones is overrated. If somebody was yeah. to say that, it would be like comparable. But. Hey, and Michael Irvin stood out in the longest yard too. So you know, it's, yeah, Michael Irvin <laughs> also got Super Bowls. So facts. You know. He wears them rings loud and proud on the TV. <laughs> Man, yeah, imagine him and Barkley in the same show. He'll do the same thing. Oh God, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I, and I know, I know, I said Mahomes before, and Dula, thanks for correcting me in terms of the. I totally forgot that he's a sophomore, but ha, who has had a better season than Dak Prescott as a rookie? Like, there's definitely oh, way Wilson. more. Yeah, like, like what was he talking about? Like, I don't under like was that just the cowboy in him trying to defend Dak, or was he like being? Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm I'm pretty sure I could. F- 
do some research and figure out another I think in terms one. of they were winning a lot. That was a thing. They were like 11. They didn't have like 11 straight wins. Well, but we can't base it off wins because I believe in Ben's rookie year, we went 15-1 and one or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but like it also like <laughs> he was producing to the point where it also equated to him being the MVP. So it was like, and the fact that he won MVP, it's now we have to like look for a rookie that won the MVP. Like that's kind of well, that's kind of difficult. I'm thinking about it. Also, that award doesn't thing, mean nothing to me because look at Matt Ryan and Cam Newton. They won it. And what? Yeah, I was just about to say. I would like to point out that regardless of whoever won MVP, whatever the case is, I don't care about that right now. Right now, this Dak Prescott is playing terrible. So I don't care about what he did his rookie year. Just, I don't, (laughs) it has nothing to do with how he's playing right now. No, you're true. True, 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 true. Um, I don't know where they're going to go. Are they going to pay Dak Prescott? I don't know. Sorry, not for nothing. RG3 had a better rookie year than Dak Prescott. Oh, there it is. No, I'm going to give that Kyle Shanahan, though. But, and they, they go to the playoffs and... Bro, that, that RG3 first season was if, lit. If you're going to give that to Kyle Shanahan, then you got to give I'm, all of Dax to, yeah. to, to Zeke, Zeke and the O-line. I'll just give it to the yep. O-line. I'll just give it to Zach <laughs> <Yeah>. Smith. <laughs> um, no, that RG3, that um, no diamonds. Was it no pressure, no diamonds? The Adidas campaign. And then when he got hurt and then they gave him the D-Rose campaign, I was like, <laughs> this, this is not good. Hey, the Rose came back and dropped fifty the other night, so you never know. I didn't. I didn't see that game. I didn't know who. Um, I don't know what team he dropped fifty on. They they probably weren't that. Good. Oh, I think it was the Utah Jazz. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> about that. <laughs> Wait, Dula, I got a question for you though. Yes, sir. Um, how'd you feel about that Chargers win? Um, best the best thing that happened this week in Chargers um, news was Caleb Sturgis got cut. Like, I don't got time for this. <laughs> you guys have cycled through, like, five kickers in one season. <laughs> that was last season. Um, I like the Chargers win. You know, and this is how I look at it. We've beaten who we should have beaten, and we've lost to who we should have who we should have lost to. I know a couple of weeks Greg was talking about, have we really... We've done what we're supposed to do, and the record reflects six and two, so I'm... Well, you might as well just say seven and two because y'all play the Raiders. This no, no, no. That, I was alluded to that. I was like, if we lose to the Raiders this week, <laughs> nah, I'm trolling. No, I, I don't know if it's possible to lose me. to the Raiders like, this see year. See if I'm okay. Like, make sure I'm all right. Like, think think <laughs> about the fact that the Raiders only have one win, and it was kind of a cheat because if the refs would have not cheated the Browns and gave them that first down, they would have lost. Yeah. Oh, and that was Thursday night game. I want to go over that because. I, I go to work on a Friday morning, and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe the Raiders lost. I put money on them. I what? was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, yo, my oh, pick pool. Y- yo, you know what, though? That's so true, because even on the radio when um the kid Mullins, when he got announced the starter for Thursday night, everyone jumped on the Raiders. In That's a so fantasy, true. it's like, pick them up, Raiders, Raiders. I'm like, yeah, right, and they got blown, about and they got blown out. <laughs> And now Nick Moans is on my fantasy team, and I'm 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 happy. I don't know how he made it, but he made it to the roster. <laughs> I dropped Joe Flacco, Flacco. I thought Flacco was gonna have a great week this week. I named my team Need for Sneed. I started Willie Sneed. Still gave oh me twelve. God. I was I was I was happy. And um, yeah, I mean, right. but he 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 did too much trash talking. So I I didn't even hear about that quote until like right before the game this week. Actually, I, I don't mean to circle back to that Pittsburgh game, but that just reminded me. I don't know if you guys saw the the well, I know Greg did, but there was there was a play at the goal line when they were showing on re- at red zone, 
and you know the ball gets snapped or whatever, and Lamar Jackson was lined up as a receiver. Oh and yeah, yeah. Yo, I, as soon as as soon as oh, the ball yeah. was snapped, I was like, "Yo, Lamar Jackson is wide open," and Flacco just overthrew somebody in the back of the end zone, and I'm like, "Hey, yo, bro!" Like you just see Lamar Jackson like with his hands out, like, "Yo, bro!" Like I know I'm a quarterback, but I would have caught that shit. But I was like, "Damn, yo!" It's only a matter of time before Lamar Jackson gets no in guts, there, so. no glory. Um, no, definitely. Um, I I really liked what the Ravens are gonna do this year. Their Flacco and all that. Now it looks like the Steelers are gonna come out of there. And since we're circling back to the Steelers, it looks like we're getting to the end of our show. Um, any quick remarks before we head out? Um, I will say that this whole weekend there was probably only three entertaining games. Um. And one of them that I was actually very intrigued in was the Panthers and Bucks because that was a blowout. And then Fitzmagic started to happen, and I was like, "Oh shit!" But then they ended up losing. But it's always that, an eight NFC South game. They, they, yeah, every always red <laughs> zone every week. There's a comeback in the NFC South, like and a comeback in a dome. Like it always happens. I'm tired. <laughs> Oh, also, Bills fans started a GoFundMe for Nathan Peterman to start his retirement fund <laughs> because they told him that he needs to retire. <laughs> oh, man. We actually mentioned the Bills. All right. I have to cut it now. I have to. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I, I got respect for Greg. Anything you have left that you need to mention this week? Oh, no. Nah, I just think, uh, you know, everybody should get ready for a pretty good game tomorrow. Night when we played the Panthers, might be. I'm, one I'm of actually excited games for that game. Yeah, wow, might be one of the better Thursday night games. Steelers Panthers, that is that is lit. That's really lit. Like yeah. Greg, like thanks. Like oh, and I'm gonna end on this. <laughs> I'm gonna really end on this. The Panthers are such a great team to watch because it's such a rare, you know, thing to see. A black quarterback with a white running back, like, and then you see the hitch plays, like, it's amazing. Like, I don't like, and then like, no one ever thought it would work. And here the Panthers are. I never believed in Christian McCaffrey, but then when he beats me in fantasy, I'm like, what? What? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> but all right, guys, thanks so much. Um, here for you guys next week, and definitely, I'm looking forward to that game. All right, sounds good, Batman. Thanks for listening to the Pocket Watch, a weekly football podcast produced by the Rec. For more from the show, follow us on Instagram at Pocket Watch Pod and on Twitter at The Pocket Watch. See you next time.